I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every week we're giving our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of our church staff and our community. You know I think it's a treat and a treasure. Well, per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome... Gray has. Oh, Kerr, for the Holy Spirit, Hallie, how are you? Oh, that's so cool. Happy Father's Day, Gray. Oh, happy Father's Day. I never knew my dad, never really wanted to. Anyway, Hallie, I've got amazing news. <gasps> Lay it on me. I am the newest cast member <gasps> of God's House. <laughs> yes, it's going to be amazing. I was praying you would get accepted onto the show. Oh, thank you, Hallie. Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, I was uh, I was in the final few for the running for a new Christian reality television show, God's House. It's going to be 12 Christian singles on an island in Maui for 30 days, and everybody's got to leave either married and expecting or you don't win a million dollars. So... I'm very excited. This is so cool. Great. This is going to be a huge life change. You're going to be married. You're going to be expecting a baby. And you're going to be a millionaire. I know. And you're going to be a star, a TV star. I know. It is going to be really a big change. But I do plan on coming back and just picking up where I left off. But I've, you know, I I took it up with Steve. He said I could have the month off. He's really pumped that I'm going to be on this show and just, you know, exposing more people to Christ and Jesus specifically. And then really telling them about what's going on here at Twin Hills. So I think it's going to be good for everyone. (laughs) I can't believe it. Are you still going to talk to me when you're a major celebrity? Oh, I have no idea. Anyway, how was your week? But wait, Gray, uh, what happened with Buka de Beppo, your girlfriend, your fiance? Uh, Becky de Beppo. Well, yeah, we ended it, Hallie. She wouldn't let me go on the reality show. And I just said, well, it's either the show or me. And she picked... Well, I, yeah, she picked, I said, it's either me or the show, it's either me going on the show and, you know, you can deal with that or you can pick just, you know, staying like a sad lady in Ohio being single and I guess she picked that because I haven't heard from her. So we broke up. She picked no show, no you. Totally. Are and you okay? How can I support you in your breakup? I'm fine, Allie. I'm so excited to be on this show. Yeah. I just don't even care about her. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just <laughs> don't care. I've even thought about it once because, you know, they're already asking me for my sizes and stuff for 
for my co- for, for all my costumes and yeah. Speaking of dads, I mean, Hallie, this weekend you were busy, busy, busy. Yeah, preparing the Father's Day services are always just really exciting to kind of focus on what do men really want? How can we really speak to the men of our congregation and our community? And, you know, we've put Lamborghinis on stage. We've done car shows in the parking lot. And this year, lead pastor Steve just knocked it out of the park. We had a message called, Who's the Father? Cool. And you were there, right? Because you brought the Climax kids. They always come to the Father's Day services. That's right. We were up in the balcony. And I, you know, I wish I could have focused more because they were cutting up the little buggers. But yeah, I, I loved it. I just thought it was cool. I loved how the whole the whole stage was kind of set up like uh, Maury Povich. Jerry Springer. Uh, or Springer. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah. So for anyone who wasn't there or didn't watch it streaming online, we had the stage and the auditorium was set up like it really was the Jerry Springer show. Yeah. And um, Steve was kind of playing like the Jerry Springer character. Right. And we had some guys from the drama team and I think some actual real dads seated there. And it was this whole thing of, because, you know, those shows are like, who's the father? Well, the real fun thing was everyone who entered the auditorium for all five of our weekend services of who's the father, they all took a mouth swab when they entered the auditorium. I know. Wasn't that cool? Did you do one? Oh, yeah. I did too. Everybody had to do it, and we collected all the mouth swabs, and we had volunteers working behind the scenes while Steve was doing the Who's the Father message, where he talked about all these powerful statistics that in the United States of America, families who aren't believers, you know, non-church-going families, 55% of all children in the United States who are born into unchurched families their father is not their biological father. The father they think is their father right. is not their biological father. 55% of all children in the United States. I mean, that's more than a coin flip. So Steve brings up these huge garbage bags of all the mouth swabs of everyone sitting in the room. And in the climactic moment of his message, he dumps them all out on stage. <sighs> it was so powerful. So powerful. And he said, I know who the father is for all of you sitting here. And then he just pointed straight up at the sky. I've never seen so many grown men start crying. Yeah, it was so moving. I mean, and it was so many guys crying, which is atypical. I know. That I thought, well, maybe some of these fellows are sort of worried about the DNA test and they're about to be exposed, you know, in their families. Oh, right. Yeah, maybe tears of relief. But I don't think it was. I think it was sincere. Uh, People were sincerely moved by the powerful um, truth that we all have a perfect father, a perfect, loving, heavenly father. That is so true. I mean, look, to celebrate, I picked up this shit at the thrift store. Oh, what does your t-shirt say? Who's your daddy? Oh, what's on the back? I think it's a picture of Tom Selleck. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers. And most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. 
Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Well, just like Jesus walked the grounds of the Holy Land, our guest today cares for the grounds here at Twin Hills. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Mr. Christian Getsoft. Hi, I, if, I don't want to be weird right out of the gate, but you said I care for the grounds, and I just want to be specific. I care for the lawn, and uh, Janie does a great job at the grounds overall, and I don't want to step on her toes because it's been a little bit of an issue before, so I, more accurately, I care for the lawns. Sorry to be weird out of the gate. Oh, oh your no. grass only? Pure, strictly grass? Yeah, I focus on lawns. I stay in my lane. I know my role. Uh, Janie lets me know both where the physical and sort of emotional boundaries are of where our work crosses over and I really try to uh, uh, heed to those to avoid any further conflict uh, with Janie. She's a little bit older but she's got a lot of fight left in her so I, I just try to stay out of her way. She sure does. She's been on the pod before and um, as the most senior member of our whole community she's a treat and a treasure um, but we've been waiting to have you on because I see you out there tooling around on that big speedy John Deere or whatever that is but it's fast. I mean you get going I'm like is he going 40 miles an hour across the lawn? <laughs> well, it's not quite that fast, but I, I appreciate that. So, I mean, I do want to say the lawns here at Twin Hills are something that everybody remarks on because, you know, here in Indianapolis, uh, we don't get grass all year round, but the, you know, the two to three months that we do have grass and it's not covered in snow and ice, it is just really popping off. And I just want to ask you, Christian, how did you get in to grass specifically? Well, I don't want to be sacrilegious in any way, but it it's my getting into grass is probably the closest to the passion of the Christ that I've lived through personally thus far. Oh, really? Wow. How do you mean? Well, I will tell you something. I mowed a lawn too short once. Oh, no. I got lazy. I looked for an easy way out. I said, if I don't want to mow this as often, uh -huh. I'd better cut it short, yeah. thinking of it almost like a haircut. Sure. Instead, what I learned was that I destroyed the beautiful root system that God had given that lawn, and through my laziness, my sloth, my deadly sins, all of a sudden broadleaf weeds were able to overtake that lawn. And ever since then, I've been walking a path of self-sacrifice, um, occasional pain and shame, physical pain as well as emotional pain, oh, no. all in the service of rebuilding lawns, lawns because... I once destroyed a patch of grass that God had made perfectly. I ruined his beautiful handiwork. Wow. And was that a patch of grass there at your, at your house, at your personal, it was sort of your personal lawn? It was. It was my personal lawn. And, you know, sort of the redemption tale is that I managed to get my lawn up and running to a point where people said, uh, people from the church actually noticed and scouted me and said, if you could do that with your lawn, do you think you could do that with our lawn? I said, well, your lawn is very sizable. It's yeah. acres beyond what I deal with. But... I feel that this is my way to give back. Some people travel to impoverished areas and, and build homes. Uh -huh. Some people go on missions where they convert people yeah. to the ways of our Lord. I know that I don't have those things in me. And for a long time, I felt bad about that until I realized that my true calling was to get a perfect mix of perennial rye, Kentucky bluegrass, and most importantly, tall fescue outside of our church. Oh, that is so wow. specific. Yeah. Kentucky bluegrass? I thought that was music. It is, but it turns out the music is named for a grass. Is that right? Oh, that is it's, fascinating. It's why the word grass is in there, yeah. Does it have a blue hue? Uh, it, uh, more, more than you would think. When you, really? see them, when you see them compared to the green, I mean, you're not going to drive by and see a, 
a blue lawn as if it was drawn with a children's marker set. It's not that blue, but it's 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 deeper than the greens we are used to, and and that's the truth, and I'll stand by it. Wow. Now, you know, I always love to dig into the story behind the story because I love that moment where you said, you know, I was feeling a bit lazy, and I, you know, I just went out and I cut the grass too short and I killed it. So what was going on inside your house that you, you, you know, you felt like you had to go cut the grass really short? Are you married? Um, I'll tell you something extraordinarily sensitive. And this is how I knew that this lawn situation was rooted in my sins and how the regret I had developed a severe addiction oh. at the time. Oh no. Um, specifically there's a, I don't know if I, I, I pray that you haven't seen it and I wish that I had never seen it. Are you a, a, familiar with a genre of pornography known as dancing bear? I've never heard no. of it. Uh, yeah, I went down a dark path. I, I, I try to get all the blocks on on my internet for my kids because yeah, I know the yeah. kids can access it, but I don't really even know how to access it. It's that a genre of porno in the same way there are genres of grass. It is a specific type of pornography where it's a subset of CFNM, which is closed female nude male where one man, usually someone who's very, very muscular, enters a room. He's naked, uh, and he enters a room full of fully clothed women. Wow. And he dances for them. Um, they will sometimes pleasure him in various ways publicly in front of the other women who cheer it on. And uh, when I said he's naked, that is outside of the fact that he's wearing nothing but a giant mascot-sized plush bear head. Oh, is that right? And that's why it's dancing bear, yeah. And that's what made you cut the grass too short? I was so addicted to dancing bear pornography that I did not want to stop watching it. Oh, oh, um, It had become clear to me that the lawn was overgrown, yeah. but I was putting yeah. so much time into yeah. the lawn each yeah. week that it was really taking away from my habit. And this habit had overtaken my personal life, my health. And it was sort of the final straw was when I destroyed the lawn. I looked at the window and said, look what this is bringing me to. I'm here I'm here justifying the fact that I'm finding carnal pleasure in the image of a man with a giant plush bear head being serviced by multiple clothed women in a room as they all watch and here oh. I am destroying not just myself but now God's green earth. Oh, well and Christian. then I guess that answers the question is you weren't married. Uh no, no not at that point. No. That was long done. But now I think I understand Christian because uh, that's why you cut the grass's bangs too short was because you said, "Well then, I can spend more time feeding my addiction because I won't have to be cutting the lawn for a week or two because I cut it so short." But I didn't even know that grass had a root system. Oh yeah. And one of the reasons that I use tall fescue now is of course because it spreads via rhizome. It's not just you plant a seed and the grass comes up. It spreads underground horizontally and that root system root system strengthens and strengthens and the stronger the root system is the more it can fight off the weeds naturally and i've learned too as far as length if anybody's out there wondering about the proper length to cut your lawn the generally i would just say always prescribe to the one-third rule which as i think most people know is you're never going to want to cut more than one-third off the top of your grass and if you do that you can actually just let it sit there and mulch you don't need to rake it or bag it up or anything because oh, wow. it naturally adds nitrogen back into the soil which the root system Whoa. really loves yeah well speaking of length it sounds like this cfnm i think it's called CNBC. Oh, is simply, um, it sounds like a bachelorette party, honestly, Christian, because I've seen this. Um, I've seen it um, at the Macaroni Grill. I've seen it um, at the mall. Uh, these girls, they put um, 
you know, uh, uh, they, they, they get a lot of toys and stuff that they, necklaces, um, like unicorn, um, forehead things. And it's all the male, you know, member that they think it's funny and everything. I mean, maybe you just were getting swept up in like a bachelorette party. I think this genre of pornography, its basic goal is to present what if a bachelorette party got out of control? That's the basic pornographic hook. And then also adds in the Still, even though I was addicted to it, what I find a still inexplicable question, which is also what if the guy in the center of this chaos was wearing a giant plush bear mascot head? I think that's what I'm having trouble wrapping my head around. So he, he his uh, just his head is like a mascot at a uh, at a water park. His head is an oversized bear head. Okay. Otherwise, he is a naked, muscular man. It, does it look like a real bear, or does it look like a teddy bear? More like a cartoon bear. Yeah, it's not. It's not as if he's trying to scare them. It's not. Oh, how do you thwart off a black bear attack? Though, oh, it's black bear. You get as big as you can. Grizzly bear. You lay down. It's not like he's bursting in, and people have to guess what kind of bear he is and react. It's just he's a cartoon bear man. He's very muscular. He's largely shaved. He has an impressive soft penis, and now we're gonna watch it get. Uh, progressively, uh, I'll stop. I'll stop. Oh, well, you know, yeah, I, because I don't think we need the, any more detail yeah. than we've already gotten. But sure. I do think what what is just awesome about this story, and you know, I love to see the positive, the positive stories and the metaphors that exist in these kind of testimonies. Because what you're saying is, Christian, you at one point in your life. You're not just addicted to that triple X stuff. You are that bear in a way oh. because you are hiding underneath this mask oh. and, you're, and you're addicted to the chaos of, you know, hopefully in your mind that you're doing this and you're getting lazy because you you got to imagine that bear when he's not in the room full of ladies. He's oh. a bit lazy and just kind of laying around and not mowing the grass. And then what you did is you essentially unmasked yourself. You took the bear head off and you walked outside and you started cutting the grass. And I guess you killed it the first time, but then eventually... You you found a strong root system, and those roots really helped you grow into this strong Christian you are today. And I guess it's a really roundabout metaphor, which is to say, I'm glad you're not wearing the bear head anymore and watching that, that CNBC stuff. Now, I will tell you something that's actually amazing to me, is that I have had that exact, when I think about my own internal journey, what you just said, which took probably over 60 full I have word for word thought what you just said. Word for word. Really? Word for word. That is a God thing. That is a God that thing. That is a wow. God thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't want you to beat yourself up, Christian, because honestly, it's the evil one. It's Satan. I don't know much about pornography, but I know it's one of Satan's um, favored tools for really leading people astray. And um, even though this kind of seems like a cute one, I mean, maybe that's also the design of Satan because it seems cute. It seems harmless. These are just a bunch of gals who are excited about an upcoming wedding. This is a cute um, bear who forgot to put his pants on. You know, it just, um, it, it it's a slippery slope. You know, it's, it seems, I think it, it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of, but it's a naked man in a bear head. It's, it's very astute what you just said. And it, you know, actually, I, I am aware that I was letting Satan into my life, and I'm happy to say that I've cleaned up my oh, sins awesome. and I've pushed him back out. I am starting to wonder if I'm having a blind spot this oh, really? year. Because this was all three or four years ago that this process began that ejected Satan from my life, and our lawns were looking great at the church. I would say impeccable for totally. a few years. And now, if we're being honest, I'm sure there's some people out there who have noticed that there is 
mouse-eared chickweed spreading through the church's lawn. And I, I will let everybody know that I notice it too. I'm on top of it, and I'm actively trying to examine myself to see what sins I'm committing that are letting Satan not just back into my life, but into our shared lawn. Right, oh. because you, I mean, you could really see that you know once you let him back in, he's really. I mean, that that work of the, of Satan is basically coming out in your lawns. What do you think it could be that's happening in your personal life that might be expressing itself in the mousy chickweed? I don't know because I live a very virtuous life. I'd like to think maybe sometimes I drive a little too fast or eat a little too much, and maybe there's gluttony in there. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I I don't. You know, my. My neighbor does have an outdoor trampoline. Maybe I've coveted it from time to time. It's a pretty big trampoline. His kids jump on it. It looks fun. I get a little jealous. Maybe maybe I'm coveting my neighbor's oh. belongings. Oh, yeah, that could be. Well, Christian, you said it was an addiction. Are you in a group? Because I know that people get into AA and NA and all these different things. I mean, is there a porno A? There, You know, there is sex addiction groups, and I did try to attend them, but if I'm being totally honest... The group setting reminded me too much of the premise of dancing bear porn. So all I could really think about was what if a man in a bear head bursts through this door and we are all expected to please him. So group settings were very, very hard for me for a long time. Was the group all women? The group was me, 13 women. Oh. And therefore, I would just constantly think, what yeah. if I had a bear? Yeah. This would just oh. be the thing I'm addicted to. Oh, well, that's so no. unfortunate. I mean, what is the likelihood that you'd have oh. 13 ladies in a sex addiction group with just one fella? I, I'm with you. I, I generally, I don't want to stereotype. I thought it was going to be a lot of other desperate, perverted men like who I was back then. Right. And I'm happy to tell you that seems like a different person when I look back at it. Seems like a lifetime ago. It doesn't even seem like me. And I'm happy to tell you that. That's because I worked hard. But yes, I too found it strange that there were 13 completely sex-addicted women sitting in a room when I was someone who was addicted to porn about sex-addicted women sitting in a room. Wow. It was uh, perhaps the greatest challenge God ever yeah. put on my plate. Because I, I did, uh, I've never actually, I've never told anyone this. Perhaps my lowest moment was when I purchased a bear mascot. Head. Oh, no. And it was in the trunk of my car, and I drove to that meeting oh, with no. a plan to strip down, put it on, and see if... Could happen, and and I'm lucky to tell you that um, I was violently mugged walking from my car to the entrance of the meeting, and the bear head was stolen. And oh. I didn't even call the police because I understood right away that that was one of God's that messengers. God. That's a God right. Thing. You can't tell police sick stuff like that anyway. Wow. I mean, Christian, it's almost like when Satan took Jesus up on the mountain and showed him the whole kingdoms of the world and said, "All this could be yours." It's almost like that's what Satan did when he sent you into a group of sex addicted women, uh, which I can't believe because honestly, I didn't know females could be sex addicted. I I've always heard that the way God made men was much more, you know, they're much more physical and they have more drive in that way. And women sort of acquiesce to it. But, you know, I can't believe that women can get into it, too. Uh, yes, I, I agree with you. And I, I, I must say, too, I did feel no small amount of anger towards those women for tempting me. Yeah, sure. Which I think is probably on them in a lot uh, of for ways. For sure. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it, first of all, it is the women's responsibility to not be scantily clad. 
lad to not show their midriffs, to not cause a stumbling block for men who are trying to keep their minds pure. I mean, they're sitting there, just their very presence is telling you that like I'm a gal who's like hamina hamina, boy do I want it. And then you walk in there also with the same problem. I mean, I don't think they should have these groups. Also, it's kind of like with narcotics or booze, you can avoid that if you have that addiction. But there are these other things that I feel like Satan is so insidious about well, where if right. you have a food addiction or a sex addiction, it's like, well, you can't avoid food. Right, and bodies are everywhere. Everywhere. Now, I mean, I think this is just, it's just so difficult what you're going through. And this testimony is is hard enough as it is that you went into this group of sex-addicted ladies who all they think about is sex. You had the bare head in your car, you got mugged, and then you've got to go into this place. And I'm not even sure where you had to go to this, this sex-addicted ladies meeting. Well, you know, one thing that I... I give communities a lot of credit because very often there are places willing to host AA meetings and AA meetings right. and it's a community service. And there was actually um, a bar in my town that would set aside a back room for these ladies privately. And another strange thing that I've never quite understood is they would all arrive together on one of those big square bikes that all 13 of them were pedaling at once. Oh, oh would yeah. they all drink the whole time? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I never judged because it was not an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. I mean, they would drink brightly colored drinks um, very often out of straws that were shaped like male genitalia, which I, I found, again, just a, it felt like they were throwing the temptation in my face. It really did. And so you were going to this you're going to this meeting weekly, and they are just always once. showing up? I just went okay. once. Yeah, I just went once. Oh, so oh, that is, uh, yeah, there's just so many stumbling blocks there, Hallie. Yeah. And you really got to give Christian a pat yeah. on the back because, you know, when those ladies show up at the back room of a bar on one of those pedal, whatever they're called, a, a, you know, yeah. a, a, a bike of, of, of a sex bike or whatever they are, a, a bike of death, and they all show up in this back dark room, I'm assuming, of a of a bar and they're all there to just talk about sex and all the stuff that they're into. And then you've got poor Christian. He's really, really just been challenged every yeah, step of the way. And the fact that the you've right made thing. it out alive, it's just yeah. unbelievable. And I, I, I will say too, I felt, I did feel very excluded because it felt like most of them knew each other or at least one of them seemed to know everybody. And some of them were getting to know each other, but there was one of them, who was central to the experience, who everyone seemed to know and have a lot of affection for. And also they were kind of razzing her the whole time. Oh, and wow. I felt like it was kind of drawing focus, whereas I, I was trying to tell stories about, you know, I was standing up and trying to tell stories about pornography that I'd seen and some of the dark roads I'd, I'd gone down. And they kept sort of brushing me off when it was my turn to speak. And they kept making it all about this one woman, Melissa. And I, it was a very strange meeting. So that's why I went it alone and made my recovery more about grass growth and lawn care. And plus, you're standing there. You've probably been beaten very badly as after being mugged. Yeah. So that's also going to be just shocking to both to you, not to them. I mean, they should have just like t- tended to your wounds. Was you know Melissa I mean? wearing a tiara? She was. She was. Oh. And her sister was wearing a similar but smaller tiara. And again, God bless that family because to have two sex-addicted daughters must have been so hard on oh, those parents. Oh, that poor mo- Well, wait, you said this was in your town. Are you in Broad Ripple or are you in Castleton? I I previously lived in Castleton, but I've since moved to Broad Ripple. Part oh, okay. of leaving, part of shedding my old life was, you know, making yeah. such a massive and drastic switch. Yeah, and this is one of those neighborhoods where you're going to yeah. see these yeah. sex yeah. these sex addict, yeah. you know, gatherings. Yeah. And something you should know, Hallie, and this is something that you should know about ladies that a lot of guys know that ladies don't know about themselves, oh. is that once you get one lady in your group, in your bevy, that's getting really 
really sex addicted. She's going to drag the whole group into really? that. And a lot of times I've seen this where you just oh, have no. kind of a ringleader. She, they make her stand out. They make her the queen of the group. And then all of a sudden, hey, you've got 13 sex crazed ladies that are all going to these, these, these meetings. Oh, no. I'll say too, though, before I put too much of this on Melissa's shoulders, I really do applaud her. Because everyone really kept mentioning she was getting married the next weekend. And I, I applaud that she was trying to clean up her act before That's entering a holy union. So it seemed yeah. like it was coming down to the wire. but And it really was a focus of every... It was such a supportive group. And I could tell they'd been meeting for a while in the sex, uh, you know, sex addiction group context. Because they were really rooting her on um, in, in regards to this impending marriage. And I just hope that in those seven days between that sex addiction meeting and the marriage that she you know, cooled down on wanting sex all the time because it's the last thing her husband would want, I'm sure. Oh, I know. I mean, she's supposed to save herself and give her purity to him as a gift. It's God's plan. Now, Christian, I was wondering because I've seen those cycling uh, booze cycles that girls do. I've seen them both downtown Indy by Palominos and Ruth's Chris and all that. And now they're up here in Broad Ripple around the Vogue and Pippins and all the like that bar, you know, little neighborhood. And I, um, I was looking at them and it it looks like it's a almost like a flatbed being pulled by a truck and they, but they're all on there on these cycles pedaling and I'm like are they pedaling to fuel to make the truck go the vehicle move or are they pedaling the booze into their mouth through those tubes my I've never been on one but from what I saw I got the sense that it was to propel the vehicle because, and I've seen this on a few of these things in the times I've seen them pass me. There was one dickhead on a mic on a megaphone, just kind of urging them to pedal faster. Okay. Okay. Oh, it must be hard to um, uh, wow, be putting alcohol in your system. That's slowing you down, and the uh, guy with the genitalia on his head is screaming at you to speed up. Behaving almost like a coxswain, almost like a coxswain in a crew meet. I know, and the irony of that word. Now, Christian, I do. I don't want to get too personal, uh, but I've got to ask you this: after everything you've said, and after you've come so far, and after you've welcomed Jesus and Christ specifically into your life, and He's really changed everything for you, I've got to ask you: what is the big plan? What do you see as the big headline in grass in two thousand twenty-one? Wow. Wow, I did not see that coming. And there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Really? On the message boards and amongst the community. I will say, okay, I'm going to go there. A lot of people refer to clover as a weed these days. But for most of the 20th century, if you had a lawn, it was an expected thing that in your grass blend you would have clover. It would have been strange if you didn't. Uh -huh. At the end of the day, I feel like a lot of pesticide companies were developing more and more, and it was in their interest to say that clover was muddling up your grass. It's actually extremely healthy for your grass. Why? Huh. Clover naturally takes in nitrogen from the air. Huh. It also is an incredible uh, attract attractor of bees, one of nature's great pollinators. I feel as if the pesticide industry, by stopping clover, did stop bees and did stop nitrogen soils from developing which again was a diversion from god's natural plan so i have been placing clover back in my lawns because the more nitrogen you're accruing naturally the less chemicals and fertilizers you need to use and i would love to get back to nature because as we all know god created nature yep. in like just a few days yeah totally just yep. a few yep. days yeah so i think that one of the big things you're going to see 
is people embracing clover as a natural part of the lawn ecosystem and getting back to it. Now, is that controversial? Yes. Am I going to take some guff for that? Sure. But Christ took guff for a lot of his positions. Yeah. Totally. Look where he wound up. Yeah. And if they want to drag me through the streets and put me on a cross in the middle of the lawns that I spend so much time tending to, I'm willing to sacrifice myself, much as my Lord and Savior did for all of us. And now, is that something that's coming up on the message boards? Do people really have strong positions about this that they would would actually— you know, come after you in this way. There has been violence, and I'm glad it hasn't gone my oh, way no. thus far. But yes, there's been clover-based violence. <gasps> there's been houses that have clover that have received bricks through the window. <gasps> um, I know for a fact of at least one person who I've interacted with because we share tips who had their children threatened, and not in a vague way, not in like an email or some sort of faraway message. The children were walking to school, and a masked man jumped out of the back of a van and said, you tell your father to get that clover out of there? or you'll be dead and your sister will be dead. Oh, it's getting serious. So direct threats, direct face-to-face threats with a seven-year-old, with a seven-year-old, and the sister's four. That's like some godfather stuff threatening the kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. Thank goodness it wasn't a bear mask because we know what that leads to. And thank goodness you haven't gotten the violence because you already got beat up when you had the bear head. I had that thought word for word. That actual sentence, word for word, went through my mind. Wow. Did you ever find out personally who did beat you up and take a bear mask? Because that does seem a bit strange that they would... Is that the only thing they took? I have seen a guy walking around with a bear mask <gasps> that is extremely similar to the one I bought, except it seems that rosy red cheeks have been sewed onto it. Now, maybe this is just oh. a person with similar interests who bought a similar bear mask with rosy red cheeks, or maybe that's my bear mask with some slight alterations so that he can claim it's not mine. I've seen this person. I've chased this person. They've gotten away every time. And unfortunately, because of the bear mask, I've been unable to identify them. Right. I tried once with the police and the sketch artist got halfway through and insisted on stopping. I guess he realized what it was developing into. Um, oh. Was it just the bear mask on top? Anything on the bottom? Uh, uh, tidy whities. Oh, my goodness. And they were wet. They were wet. So translucent. Oh. <gasps> They were wet like from uh, the sprinklers turning on or they were wet because he wet himself with urine. Uh, It it didn't appear to be urine. There was no yellow tint. So either he was extremely well hydrated or he hosed himself down. Or like you said, it was some sort of fiasco with a sprinkler system. If he was lurking near one, uh, who's to say? Was it hot? Maybe it was sweat. Who's to say? Who's to say? It's well. I'll tell you what, if I can just give you a word basket of encouragement, my brother in Christ, I just want you to know that I'm going to put you on the top of my prayer list. And this is a beautiful thing about accountability in a Christian community is that when you share honestly and vulnerably with your Christian community, we are able to hold you up in prayer. And I'm going to pray for your strength in this um, addiction, in this area in your life, this stronghold that the devil seemed to have on you. I'm going to pray for you because... Um, especially as the summer months are coming up and women start, you know, putting TikToks of themselves in bikinis online and all this stuff. I'm going to be praying for you. Just know that, my friend. And also, um, I was wanting to give you a suggestion or ask when you're tooling around on that John Deere, you got hours on end, um, you know, cutting the grass all day long, eight hours a day. Um, and I notice you wear headphones, and I don't know if that's noise canceling for the mower or if you're listening to something, because I think you could be listening to praise songs, and you could be singing some worship music and stuff and keeping your mind focused on Christ. I could I could make you some playlists. Or- now, what are you listening to on those things? I would love your playlist. Thank you. Mostly what I've been listening to is the playlist from that sex addiction meeting that I went to, because for as strange as it was, 
the soundtrack was catchy. Electric Slide, Macarena. Oh, I love that song. Chicken Dance. A oh, lot awesome. of classics. A lot of classics were played at that Sex Addicts meeting with the 13 women. So I've been actually listening to that on Spotify. And it, it's it's a good motivator. And I just tried to take something positive away from what was a pretty uh, bizarre experience. Totally. And I love that all those songs that you mentioned, Chicken Dance, uh, Macarena, Electric Slide, all of those are things that are just not ever going to – you just – there's nothing sexual about those songs. No. You know what I mean? No. Those are songs that are, are actively saying, hey, let's just dance, be have fun in a group, and none of us are thinking about all that dirty, sick stuff. And I just think that's such a positive thing to have playing in your headphones as you mow the, mow the clover. You should think, Christian, those are songs that DJs play at weddings, at wedding receptions, and everyone gets out there, and to do the electric slide and stuff is not um, a, a suggestive way of dancing. It is totally God-honoring. So maybe you could think about your own wedding. Like... That God is preparing a woman for you to be your wife and she's saving herself for you. And and everything that is dirty and, and sinful and lusty and gross before marriage, just like that, as soon as you say I do and you have a marriage certificate, all of a sudden everything goes, Christian. And it is all God honoring. You can do whatever you want within the confines of marriage and just think about how fun that'll be. It could be great. I've thought about it. And in case anybody tracks down this Spotify playlist, I want to assure you I turn it off two thirds of the way through because there was a strange point in this meeting where they tied Melissa to a chair in the center of the room and blindfolded her. Oh. And they were pouring alcohol directly into her mouth. And the playlist at that point, it got a little graphic, a lot of a lot of uh, Two Life Crew, and then if you're familiar with that Akinyele song, Put It In Your Mouth. Oh, is it rap? It, did get, it was very, it, was, it took a strange twist, and I was not expecting it at, at a meeting. Well, at least you were there to put the word of God in somebody's mouth, and that is what, I mean, at least you're representing what you believe in front of all these just, you know, nasty, nasty ladies. And if that man who stole the bear head is listening, and I pray you are, because I'm sure that there's times where you want help. I want you to know that when I'm chasing you, it's not because I want the bear head back. It's the last thing I want in my life. And it's not because I'm trying to get you in trouble. Even though I went to the police, I explained to them, I just want to find you so I can thank you. Because you cracked two of my ribs and you dislocated my arm with a Kimura armbar. Uh, which I know it's named that because of the UFC. Was that a hard experience for me? It was. But it turned me towards a path of light and God. And all I want to do is thank you and let you know that if you ever need me to be there for you, I will. And if you want to put on a bear head, soak down your tidy whitey so that everything can be seen and run around a neighborhood in what seems to be a sort of exhibitionist way, I've been there and I'd like to help you out of it. Christian Getsoft was played by Chris Gethard. He's got a new comedy special coming out that you should definitely check out. It's called Chris Gethard, Half My Life. Also, check out his extraordinary podcast, Beautiful Anonymous. He's one of my comedy heroes. Do yourself a favor and follow him at Chris Gethard or go to his website, Chris Geth. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>